Welcome back, Missio family. Today, you'll hear Pastor Josh talk about how the coming of Jesus is good news for all people. He is Emmanuel, God with us, and he meets us right where we are. If you have any questions about Missio, you'd like to join a missional community, or you have any prayer requests, please contact us at missio.life. Well, hey, good morning. Uh, hope, you, hope you got a little chuckle out of that video. I thought it was funny. Um, Welcome. We're glad that you're here today, and I don't want to panic anybody, but do you realize that it's 15 days from Christmas today? So for those of you that are like me and haven't started Christmas shopping yet, it's probably time to get started. And for those of you that finished your Christmas shopping in the month of November, nobody likes you, okay? (laughs) You're overachievers. Come on, where's the thrill in that? I'm just kidding. Everybody likes you. But where's the thrill, right? Where's the adrenaline rush when you got to go find something last minute? Um, but anyway, we're, we're in this series together and we're talking about God with us because he's with us. Now, I like to hear good news. If you're like me, then you probably like to hear good news and have heard enough bad news because we get that all the time. There's lots of bad news in our world. I like good news. And um, a couple years back, my dad called me on the phone one day and he said, hey, Josh, I saw your name in the newspaper. Now, that could have been bad news, depending on why it was in the newspaper. But in this particular case, it was good news. He said, your your name was listed as you have unclaimed property with the state of North Dakota. For what? I have no idea. So I started calling and I went online and I actually went into the office here in Bismarck and I said, can you tell me why you want to give me money for something I have no idea what it is. And they couldn't tell me. They had no record of why they owed me money. And so I kept asking and asking, and eventually they're like, we don't know what to tell you, but here's a check for $1,000. I said, okay, see you later. (laughs) I took the money and left. Quit asking questions at that point. But that was good news. Like, free money, hey, I'll take it. And we all like good news. If it's small stuff, it could be little things like getting a sale, Uh, For Christmas, you know, you're buying something for somebody, you get a good deal, or maybe you got a nice buck during deer season, or maybe your team's going to make the playoffs, you know, this year, your football team. So it could be little things like that, or it could be something bigger, like, hey, I got a new job, or, uh, you know, we're pregnant, we're expecting, or it could be something like, you know, finding out you have a clean bill of health after battling cancer. So good news can come in small ways and in big ways. And we all like good news. And if you've been around our church for any amount of time, you've probably heard us use the word gospel. We've talked about the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And if you've grown up in the church, you've heard that word a lot. Um, The crazy thing is, though, many of us still have a hard time articulating what is the gospel. In fact, I was in a room with a bunch of pastors not that long ago, and the question was asked, what is the gospel? And we went around, and there were some really long and uh, really complicated answers that these, you know, saint, uh, trained seminary uh, people had to say about what, what the gospel was. And, but yet the good news is something very simple that we should know. So this is a pop quiz for you this morning. I need a couple brave souls. Give me your most concise, simple version of the gospel. What is the gospel? Who wants to take a crack at it? Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. That's pretty short and concise. Way to go, Leroy. That's good. Another one? 
He came down for us, lived the life that we should have lived and couldn't live. Yeah. So that when he died, his death meant that we could go to heaven with him. Yeah. Good. Any others? One more? God loves us. Man, that's, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously more details than that, but <laughs> the thing is, though, like, it's not complicated. The gospel's good news, and sometimes we try to make, get all the theological points in there, which are important, but the reality is that God is with us, and you guys probably did better than that room full of pastors. I'm just going to give you an A-plus on that quiz. The gospel is the good news that God sent his son Jesus to us on a rescue mission, to save us from our sins. And he gives us new life in Christ so that we can live our life now for him and be with him for eternity. That's the gospel in a nutshell. We think of power and purpose, the power of God to save us and the purpose to live forever in his kingdom. The English word for gospel comes from the Anglo-Saxon term godspell, which means good tidings. We, we hear good tidings around Christmas time. That's one of those old English words that sometimes we hear. And it's translated from the Greek word evangelion, which means good message. The Greeks used this word to talk about a military battle, like, hey, our army won, and it's good news. And then when the writers of Scripture came along, they used the word gospel to talk about Jesus. So that, that word has been kind of passed down and used for many, many years. But when we think of gospel, we think of Jesus, God with us. Last week, we talked about how God was with Mary and Joseph. There was a scandal. There was an unplanned pregnancy. And Mary was pregnant, and we had to explain this to family and the village people and probably heard the whispers of, oh, how did Mary get pregnant? Is Joseph really going to marry her? And God was with them in their scandal, in their mess. Even though none of that was true, they hadn't done anything wrong. But yes, it was a messy situation that God was with Mary and Joseph. And so we're going to continue on in our story, and if you have a Bible, we're going to go to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read, starting in verse 1, this is the Christmas story. We used to read this every Christmas Eve as a family. I'm going to read it for us. We're not going to wait for Christmas Eve to read it. We're going to talk about it today. So Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born in this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, 
with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. So that's the Christmas story. Many of us have heard that before. We're familiar with it. But I want you to think about this for a minute how God was with Mary and Joseph in this part of the story as well, that it was good news for the weary. See, Mary and Joseph were on their way to Bethlehem. Now, we might ask the question, well, why were they going? She's nine months pregnant. Shouldn't she stay home? Shouldn't she stay at her mom's house and be warm and have a nice place to hang out and just wait for baby to come? I mean, they kind of knew the timeline that it was getting close, but yet they take a road trip to Bethlehem. And the reason they went was because the text tells us there was a census going on. The Romans wanted to count people. They didn't just count people for the sake of counting people. The Romans wanted to count people for tax reasons. They wanted to make sure they were getting all the money from the people that should be paying their taxes. And so this was a reminder for Mary and Joseph that they were not free. They were under the oppressive rule of the Roman government. Now, Joseph was from Bethlehem, so he had to go, but Mary didn't really have to go. She's from Nazareth. She could have stayed home with her family, but she chose to make the trip. I think this is an interesting detail in our story because if if Mary would have stayed back with her mom and her, her dad and at her house and had the baby there, can you imagine how different our nativity scenes would look, like your front yard? Like, oh, it's a bedroom with Mary and her mom and her cousins, you know, like, where are all the animals and where are all the, it, it kind of changes the whole story and the Christmas pageants and we're so used to baby Jesus laying in a manger, but yet we don't really see that, you know, if, 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 Jesus, if Mary would have stayed in her hometown, it would have looked a lot different, wouldn't it? But Mary chose to go with, we don't know why, maybe she still had some struggles with her family, like the whole pregnancy thing, I don't know. Or maybe she just wanted to be with Joseph because she wanted him there at the birth. Regardless of the reason, one of the things that we do know about it is that God was at work because he had prophesied through Micah many hundreds of years earlier, Micah 5.2 says, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. So God obviously directed Mary to be in Bethlehem, to give birth there. It was part of the prophecy being fulfilled. So they they take this three-day journey, and it's about a uh, 90-mile trek. Now, was Mary on a donkey? We don't know. I mean, was she walking on foot? I don't know, but going on a road trip with a woman who's highly pregnant, I wouldn't recommend it, right? And so they're, they're walking along, and it's actually an uphill climb from, from where they were going in Nazareth to Bethlehem. It's like a 1,000 feet 
rise in elevation. So it was mostly uphill, three days, sleeping along the road, pregnant. Like, this is just not a good scenario. But yet they made it to Bethlehem. Could have gave birth alongside the road. That would have been another twist in the Christmas story, right? Well, they almost made it, but then she had, you know, gave birth. But they made it to Bethlehem, and they get there, and, and the text tells us there wasn't any lodging for them. There wasn't any place for them to stay, except for out in the barn. Now, I want you to imagine uh, how Mary and Joseph might have felt in this moment. They knew God had a, a, approached them through angels and said, you're going to bring the Messiah into this world. Mary, you're going to bear him as your son, and Joseph, you're part of this too. You get to raise him as your, as your own. So they had been chosen by God to do something very great, and yet here they are in a town with nowhere to stay, out in the barn, and, and it's like, I'm sure they were frustrated. They had to go take this census. The Roman government's requiring it. Not ideal. And I imagine there was probably some frustration, some questioning of God, like, why, why are things the way they are, God? Like, why isn't this better? I imagined it being a little more spectacular, a little more special, bringing in the Savior of the world. Yet God was with them in their circumstance, in their situation. So no matter what they had to face, God was with them. He provided, he provided a place for them to be and to give birth. And maybe you needed to be reminded of that as well, that God is with you today. Maybe um, you're, you're feeling weary and you just need to be reminded that God is with you. And maybe your situation is not ideal. And you need to be reminded, God is with you. I remember when we first set out to start this church and uh, moved my family to Bismarck, felt called by God to plant a church. And we got all excited and we had some meetings and some of you were there. And then something happened, a little thing called COVID. You guys remember that? And COVID came along and it just stopped everything. And we, we were just not able to do a whole lot for a lot of months. And I was frustrated and I was tired of waiting. And I was like, God, what gives? Like, why are we here? Are we supposed to plant a church or not? And there's this thing going on and everybody's sick and we're, we're not able to do things. And I was frustrated through that time. But now I've looked back kind of with hindsight and, and said, man, that was really a gift that God allowed us extra time as a church to establish who we are our DNA, to kind of have some extra runway before the plane took off. And I look back and I'm grateful. And I think many of us are probably grateful for the time you had with family, just kind of a pause from the busyness of life. And I know there were bad things that happened and we lost loved ones from the sickness, but, but it changed our, our, our timeline and it changed our, our lifestyle a little bit. I think that was, that was good. But like me, maybe you are disappointed or maybe you're here today and you're disappointed with God and you say, this is just, life isn't just turning out the way that I thought it would. I had expectations, I had plans and things aren't going the way that I thought. The good news for us is that God is able to work through our circumstances, even if we don't understand how. We might not be able to see it. We might not understand how he's at work, but he is. The real question for us is, are we going to trust him? Are we going to say, God, you've got this? Or are we going to continually tell God what he needs to do as if we have all the answers? So often that's what we do as people. The gospel is also good news for the lowly. The story goes on. 
Mary had given birth to Jesus, and the angels appeared to these shepherds. We saw the video, and um, the, shep- the shepherds were just kind of taken aback. Okay, there's angels. Okay, what are we going to do with this? He sh- sends this group of angels, and they announce that the Son of God has been born. Now, I want you to realize how important this is that God chose to announce first to the shepherds. See, shepherding was not like a, a, an elite um, role in their society. Back earlier in the days of David, it was a family business. David was a shepherd, and his family was a bunch of shepherds. But at this point in time, it had really kind of changed. Shepherds were seen as outcasts. They were seen as the dirty. They were seen as kind of um, untrustworthy because people thought they were out there just taking land and grazing their sheep wherever they wanted. So shepherds were not highly regarded in that day and age. But they also had a, a heart that was somewhat tender for sheep. They took care of the sheep. They created pens for them. They, they had to watch over them at night. It was lonely. And they were kind of isolated, off on their own. And these are the people, these are the guys that God chose to reveal first the news that Jesus had come. And so they're out in their field watching their sheep and the angels appear to them and it, it startles them. And I think the reason that God chose to reveal the news of Jesus to these shepherds was because their hearts were open. I think that's what it boiled down to. It wasn't about their status. I mean, God could have sent angels to the priests in the temple and said, hey, Jesus is here. God could have sent angels to the leaders of the community or the the leaders of the Roman Empire and said, Jesus is here, but he didn't. He sent Jesus to the least likely people that we would expect. Verse 15, let's go out to Bethlehem. Let's see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. God chose to reveal the birth of Jesus to the shepherds, because they were outcasts. God often reveals Jesus to the outcast. And I think it really, again, boils down to the heart being open. He chose the shepherds because their hearts were open, and the same is true for us. Like, Jesus is still the Messiah, and God still reveals him to people whose heart are open. That's a question for us. Are our hearts open to him? Matthew 5, 3, as Jesus, we fast forward to him as an adult teaching the Beatitudes, said, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Jesus taught that the poor, those who knew their need for Jesus, were the ones who would find him. The people who don't need Jesus, who have it all together, they don't have much need for a Messiah or a Savior. But God invites those with an open heart to know him. Jesus came to establish his kingdom on earth. We know that. He said that as he taught in his earthly ministry. He could have went to the most influential people. Like if I was going to set up a kingdom, that's what I'd do. I'd go find all the super smart people, uh, you know, the really rich people, the, you know, the inventors, the powerful. And that's how you set up a kingdom. If you want to have a winning team, Jesus says, no, I'm, I'm coming down for the, the outcast. I'm going to spend time with the prostitutes. And I'm going to spend time with the cripples. And I'm going to heal them. And I'm going to be with the people who are on the fringes of society. Those who have been cast aside. That's who I'm going to spend time with. Because their hearts are open. So I want to have a couple questions of discussion here. 
First one is this. God chose to reveal Jesus to the shepherds. What does this show us about God's heart and character? What do you guys think? There's no room for us at the end. He has a place for us in his kingdom. The worst of the worst, he wants us all. What does that say about God's heart? I can't talk right now. His heart is for all. Yeah, there's room for all of us. What else? Yeah, he chose to, to work through the kind of an upside down way, like the people we wouldn't expect. Yeah. I think it's also kind of a nice example because like Jesus shows himself as a shepherd and we're a sheep and they're shepherds too, that like kind of correlates to Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. We are referred to as sheep in the Bible a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. Second question. Why do you think God chooses to work through our circumstances and not just make them easier for us? To strengthen us? How so? Yeah, Mary and Joseph, that could have been a better scenario. God could have just made that better, but he didn't. They had to trust him. It brings us closer to him, you know, and we we're struggling. Can't do it on our own, you know, but we have to rely on him. Yeah, he said it makes us stronger when we have to rely on him. We can't do it on our own. We realize we need him. We actually do. So this text had a line in there. I don't know if you guys caught it, but it said that there's good news for all people. And I think that's important. This is what it says. They were terrified, verse 10, but the angel reassured them, do not be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. I love the fact that after the shepherds heard about this, they went and saw Jesus, and then they just went and told everybody. Like, it's kind of crazy, right? Like they're the first evangelists. They just go out and they say, hey, you got to hear about this thing. Uh, there's angels and then there's a baby, but he's God and it's really cool. Like they, they didn't have the training. They didn't have the pedigree. They just went and started telling the story, proclaiming this has happened. And I think this is in, uh, encouraging because for so many of us, we have a hard time talking about Jesus and we think, well, maybe I, I don't want to share because I don't have all the answers. I don't, I can't, if, what if somebody stumps me and asks some really hard Bible question and we don't know how to answer it? Or we don't know everything about, um, you know, how to explain it. And, and we think we need like some high training. And I, I will tell you, I've been to seminary and there's a lot of seminary people who get jammed up with that and forget how to tell people about Jesus. Because it becomes all about debating and theology and arguing all these points. And it's like, it's not that complicated. Shepherds understood it. 
And they went and told everybody they knew. And this is, this is cool. Here's the thing. We tell people about things we are naturally excited about. You realize that? What we talk about, we are excited about. A couple of weeks ago, uh, my son and I, Will, we went fishing. And some of you know, have already heard this story because I've told it a bunch. We went fishing down at the river and it was nighttime and we got into some walleye and he caught a pretty nice fish, 11 pounds, five, uh, five ounces I believe it was. There's a picture of his walleye. And I've shared this photo, like I'm showing everybody on my phone and I'm talking about it. It was fun. We had a blast. I'm excited about it. We talk about what we're excited about. And if Jesus has touched your life, if he has changed you, if you have experienced him, then you got something to talk about. Maybe it was a long time ago, but it doesn't change the fact that you've been transformed. And if he's done something in you, you have a story to tell. You have something to share with other people. You don't need all the training in the world. You don't need all the answers to every biblical trivia question. You have a story. And you know Jesus, you can share that with others. We talk about what we are passionate about. And here's the thing. There are people in your life who need to know about Jesus. There are people who need to hear the good news. People need good news. Two more questions for discussion. First one is this. What things in life can cause us to lose passion for telling others about Jesus? What kind of things can, can trip us up? Getting shut down by the people we tell. Getting shut down by the people we tell. Yeah, rejection. That causes fear of rejection in the future. What else? False evidence appearing real. Fear. Fear. Yeah. Remember Jesus said, don't be afraid. The angel said, don't be afraid. Over and over and over. What else? And getting caught up in what you talked about before. Like worrying about debating and knowing all the answers. can kind of kill that passion just... Hey, Jesus changed my life. And mm-hmm. yeah, no one can really argue with that. Second question is, who was the good news of the gospel for, according to the angel? This is an easy one. Who was it for? All people. All people. So who specifically in your life needs some good news? You think of somebody in your life that needs good news? For me, it's my neighbors. I know they do. What about you? Nobody needs good news? (laughs) Yeah, think specifically of some people in your life. Who's God laying on your heart? Somebody could share your story with. We all have a story. If God's touched us, if he's changed us, we do. You might be here today and you just need some good news. See, Christmas is hard for a lot of people. It's a season that can remind us that uh, maybe it's our first Christmas without a loved one, or uh, maybe we just desire community. Maybe we don't have a lot of family around and we just long for that. Christmas can be lonely, can be depressing for many, but it's also a season of hope. It's the reminder that God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. The coming of Jesus is good news for the weary. If you're here today and you're tired and you're just, you've been grinding through life and you're just like, I just don't know if I can do it anymore. 
Jesus is good news for the weary. If you're here today and you're like, man, I, I don't know, I, I just feel like I'm not good enough. Like Jesus came for everybody else, but, but not me. The good news is Jesus came for the lowly. And what he's looking for is your heart to be open. He was looking for shepherds, people who would receive him. That's who he comes to. And so if you're here today and you think, man, my life hasn't turned out the way that I wanted it to or I've messed up too much, there's good news for you. God is with us. He is here. And again, the good news that it's for all people. And if God has touched your life, if Jesus has impacted you, you have a story to tell. You get to be a part of the proclamation just like the shepherds were. We know Jesus doesn't mean that our lives are going to be easy. There's no guarantee that life is just going to be simple and easy when we come to know Jesus. But the promise of Christmas and the promise of Emmanuel, God with us, is that God will come with us through whatever we face in this life. So we're going through a season, a challenge, a hard time. He is with us. And he will never leave us. He will never abandon us. And that is the best news that we could ever receive. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that we have the gospel, the good news, the Christmas story. And Lord, we've heard it so many times. We, we read it every year and we think on it. But Lord, there's just such a reality that you do things that don't make sense to the rest of the world. We need a, a savior for our sin, a rescue, and you send a baby. You, you proclaim it to shepherds. You use a young girl. And it, it just doesn't make sense, Lord, to wrap our brains around the way that you would set up your kingdom, the way that you would redeem people, but yet this is how you choose to work. And so, Lord, there's so much in our lives that we don't understand things that we wrestle with. And your invitation is to trust you, that you know what you're doing, that you are powerful, that you are in control. And the Christmas story proves that to us. You confound the wise and you use the lowly in heart, the poor in spirit. So God, may our hearts be open to you this Christmas season. And even today, God, may our hearts just be open to say, Lord, we love you. We trust you. Whatever you're doing right now, even if we don't understand it, we know you're good. We know you're loving. That's who you are. Even if we don't feel it. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we close in song? Josh left us with a few takeaways from today's service. Good news for the weary. Even though you might be feeling weary, God is with you. Even though your situation isn't ideal, God is with you. The good news is, is that God is able to work through our circumstances, even if we don't understand how he could. Good news to the lowly. Good news for the lowly. God sent Jesus for the outcast. God invites people with an open heart to know Jesus, regardless of their status. Good news for all people. 
We naturally tell people what we're excited about. We talk about what we're passionate about. There are people in your life that need to hear about Jesus. They need some good news. Discussion questions. God chose to reveal Jesus to the shepherds. What does this show us about God's heart and character? Why do you think that God chooses to work through our circumstances and not just make them easier for us? What things in life cause you to lose passion for telling others about Jesus? Who was the good news of the gospel for, according to the angel? Who specifically in your life needs good news? Thanks for listening, Maceo family, and we'll see you again next week.